Hi, my name is Jesse, and I help business leaders protect their passions. How? I'll tell you, by working with them to protect their business from today's cyber threats. So grab a coffee or whatever beverage you want and tune in for quick tips and important security news that could save your business today on Coffee and Security. Today, ransomware and data breaches are on the uptick in healthcare. What's going on? What should these companies be doing? And why you should care as a consumer? According to Cumberland Times News, in an article published on November 1st, Maryland hospitals are seeing an increase in ransomware and other cybersecurity threats, stating that it could be a life or death situation if these systems aren't available during an emergency, um, saying Senator Susan Lee. So there are currently seven active investigations of healthcare providers' um, cybersecurity incidents uh, going on right now in Maryland. They're from this year, up from five last year. And healthcare companies like University of Maryland Medical System say that they're fighting phishing emails hourly, while more than 33% surveyed indicated that they'd been hit with ransomware in the last year. So uh, there was also another recent event uh, back in September, you may have recalled, uh, I think I discussed this, but there was a denial of service attack on uh, voice over IP phone providers. So, uh, so Kent County Health Department back in September, actually after a week of their phone system being down, switched to a different phone system or changed its phone number. In other news, October 16th, Central Indiana Orthopedics uh, experienced a cybersecurity incident that caused them to shut down all of their EHR servers, electronic healthcare records, and resulted in patient data leaks. Their statement indicated that they're hoping backups aren't compromised, which, um, if you followed me for any period of time, we know isn't uh, going to help them, uh, as that data backups, depending on the type of attack, uh, don't help at all with data exfiltration. So if they've already captured their data to sell it, um, backups won't help them with that patient uh, data being stolen. And also, depending on the type of attack, if they've been there for any period of time, uh, the backups may very well restore um, the actual threat actor's access back into the systems. So um, an email sent, uh, so another, another thing related to the same, the same company, or an email sent internally to more than 300 personnel uh, recently triggered among, you know, concern amongst employees of a Phoenix Children's Hospital. Uh, inadvertently identified vaccine-exempt employees by name alongside of safety protocols. Just an example of carelessness that um, could easily have led to a cyber uh, breach of personally identifiable information. Uh, in this case, it was internal, so it's not covered by HIPAA, but obviously still something that could have been avoided. And then, of course, there are plenty more examples. So there's an article from health, uh, healthitsecurity.com, which I'll share in the show notes, that goes into even more examples of recent healthcare attacks. For our final news story today, uh, Get Health, a company that, uh, that gathers uh, data health information and wellness information from hundreds of wearables, medical devices, and other apps, such as Fitbit, uh, Misfit Wearables, Strava, and Google Fit, lost 60 million customer records, or potentially lost 60 million customer records back in September 2021, because uh, they had an unsecured database that was publicly accessible and exposed online. Uh, data that was in the database included names, uh, dates of birth, 
weight, height, gender, and GPS locks. And let's take a step back. That's wow, wow event, um, GPS lock. So basically if someone compromised this data, they knew who you were, when you were born, uh, your weight, height, uh, your gender, and then they have also know everywhere you've ever been wearing your wearable, which could mean they know where you live, that could mean they know where you walk, where you go to church, where you go to school, where you eat. Uh, they could know everything depending on where you wear these wearables, and a lot of people wear them all day long. Um, so anyway, uh, this company, Get Health, they have no idea how long the data was exposed or who may even have accessed it, which is even more frightening because that tells you that they don't have any protocol systems, etc. in place to even know who accessed this data, to even know who is getting access to this private health information, PHI. So what does this all mean? So combine. So recently, FIN12, or FIN12, which is um, a, you know, a designation for a cyber threat actor that specifically targets healthcare organizations and large organizations um, that has been highlighted with more and more aggressive attacks in the last year. Um, so what should hospitals be doing to protect themselves? Well, for starters, uh, hospitals need enhanced endpoint protection. Um, I recently actually discussed this with a colleague online and there was some indication that hospitals had outdated equipment that wasn't compatible with the latest enhanced endpoint protection. Uh, and for, for those of us um, not in technology, that could mean old uh, medical devices that aren't running uh, an operating system uh, specifically or run custom operating systems, like custom builds of old Windows XP or something, could mean they run Windows XP or older versions of, of Windows um, or other operating systems that are, can't be protected anymore. Um, so, okay, uh, my, my reply back to you is there are things you can do with those devices. Uh, specifically, they need to be segmented off onto their own secure network or insecure network, if you will. And this network needs to have very tight restrictions, both on inbound and outbound communication to prevent these devices from accessing the internet in any form or fashion other than the very specific needs that they have. And they need to stay that way until these devices can be adequately protected. Additionally, you need advanced network security on those subnets. Uh, network security that can detect anomalies in both network behavior and user behavior from those systems so you can tell if they've been compromised. Another way that hospitals can get ahead or healthcare organizations can get ahead, they need strong, and I mean strong, advanced third-party email phishing security. Uh, you need this new security. It's, it, it's not enough to use the built-in email protection that's provided by Microsoft or a lot of these other vendors. It's not enough even to use advanced threat protection or ATP by Microsoft. If you're not using um, an, an enhanced version of this product, and I prefer and recommend third-party products just to get uh, outside of the ecosystem a bit of Microsoft only, um, that focuses on phishing and BEC attacks, and other uh, social engineering type attacks of that nature, then you're behind the curve. And this is a real easy solution to put in place for any uh, medical provider that's using email. Uh, even if you're not sending email externally, um, as I think I covered on a recent art, a recent podcast that uh, some healthcare providers have been breached. And once you're breached and your accounts are taken over, they have access to all your internal emails that those employees receive as well. So just sending emails internally with PII and EPHI in them does not 
uh, mean that you're protected from this. And you, so you still need that strong email security. Uh, what next? You need good cyber hygiene. You need that strong social engineering, cyber awareness training for staff, customized to roles. I think I spoke about this recently. You need patching to be installed quickly on all of your operating systems and all your applications, all of your public facing servers and websites, and all of your public facing firewalls and network equipment and IoT devices. You need to routinely, that means 24 seven continuously, keep up with all of your devices and what updates have been pushed out that protect you or that provide security patches for known vulnerabilities. And you need to get that multi-factor authentication enabled and in use across your organization for every external facing system and also for those internally facing systems. Anywhere you can turn it on, turn it on. So you also need a third-party risk assessment. Okay, you need a process in place to assess all of your third-party providers. So you have an IT providers outsourced, you've got cloud providers outsourced, you've got software vendors outsourced. What are they doing to protect your data, to protect your PII and your EPHI? Are they signing BAAs or business associate agreements with your organization? Are they committing to keeping your data safe or at worst, at least to uh, knowing when it's been breached and letting you know as quickly as possible. Um, are you doing self-attestation questionnaires? And if you are doing these, great. Don't just wait and do it yearly. Do it, follow up on it. Anyone that's got access to your patient information, you need to be following up with these people, get reports and data and proof that they're actually doing what they say they're doing. And then you need to have a regularly tested organization company-wide incident response plan and you need to be participating and so this by regular tested i mean you need to be participating in walkthroughs and tabletop exercises and going through the incident response plan regularly to know how it would impact your business and so that everybody's on the same page about what needs to be done and how it's done you don't want to wait until you experience a cybersecurity incident to start pulling out that incident response plan and dusting it off that's just a worst case scenario with people running around with their hands above their head screaming, not knowing what to do. All right, so let's take a step back. So I take my uh, security hat off for a second. I'm going to put on my consumer hat for a second. A lot of people listening to me or a lot of people, pretty much everybody out there has seen a doctor or gone to a healthcare clinic or a hospital. As a consumer of this, are we okay with the fact that they're regularly getting breached and they're regularly losing our personally identifiable information, our payment information, our healthcare information, our social security numbers, and they're just providing us with a few months of cybersecurity monitoring as a, oops, my bad, I should have done better type concession. Are we really okay with that? Should we as consumers be more active in walking into these businesses and requiring them to show us their recent cybersecurity assessments before we give them our PII and turn around and go to a different company if they don't have it or they won't provide it? You guys, we've got to start. We've got to start holding these businesses accountable. It's their responsibility to protect their data. And if they're not taking these basic steps, then they're not even trying. And if they're not even trying, they're not getting my money. That's all I got to say. As a consumer, I am holding these people accountable for protecting my data. All right, well, that's enough for my soapbox for the day. Thanks for listening, and I hope this was beneficial.
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode, new shows twice a week. Follow our podcast, tell your friends, like, share, all the things if you found this helpful. Let's get the word out to the masses so small businesses can better defend themselves from cyber threats. For more information and for personalized consultation, <laughs> head over to our website at insula.tech. That's I-N-S-U-L-A dot tech. And look for the contact us link or check the show notes for a direct link.